Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Usually with my New Year's resolutions, I just don't write them down. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. Two glasses of water first thing in the morning before you have your coffee. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. I'm sorry I can't do that, but I don't want to. (laughs) A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. That would be insane. Hello, everyone, and Happy New Year. This is Margaret. This is Amy, and this week we're going to talk about our goals. Mom goals. Yeah, mom goals for 2018, and maybe how we did in 2017. That's right, we did do the mom goals episode last year, and... uh, Unfortunately, now it's been a year. We have to check in. Usually with my New Year's resolutions, I just don't write them down. So I just assume I did great on them. But now we actually can check. Talk about accountability, right? A downloadable, checkable. And of course, I told... avoid accountability as much as possible. But I did have to go back and listen to the episode. It was episode seven was when we did this last year because I didn't remember what I said. Right. (laughs) Which probably isn't a good sign for how you did. No, but if I'm not going to make a, it's it's our version of a vision board. We just blathered on about it in a in a. Uh, <laughs> it's a blather board. Very public setting. Uh, so how do we do? Excellent. I'm going to assume. Well, uh, I'm I'm. Let me see what I did. Here's here's what I didn't do in 2017 okay. that I said I was going to read more books. I said I was going to read you more didn't books. Read any more books? Can I put that back on for 2018? Yeah, put it back on. I have to say, I did read more books. You did. I. One of the things I talked about for 2017 was that I had developed a bad habit of being addicted to my phone and just sort of gotten rid of all um, kind of hobbyish reading, crossword puzzle doing pursuits in favor of just constantly refreshing Twitter and making myself insane. Yep. And I did briefly stopped doing that. And I've fallen back a little bit, but I, I, I think that was a worthwhile goal and I have pursued it. I read probably five novels this year. That's, that's pretty good, oh, right? From zero <clears throat> to 2016. So that, that's an improvement. I read somewhere, some productivity thing, because my favorite things to read are things on how to be more productive instead of being productive. That's true. I love this stuff. It's just, it's, it's just my like popcorn. And anyway, somebody said that you need to make a list I think it was John Acuff who wrote the book Finish that I totally recommend to everyone who's trying to finish something that they can't finish. Um, and he said that, you know, make a list because making a list of the things you read 
it makes you want to read more and it also makes you proud. So I read I read 18 books in 2017 because wow, I did keep track. You're, up, you're, you're 13 more than me. But that, I think like 15 of them were before August. Like I, did, I didn't really, mm. and that's not a lot of, that's not a lot of books. That's including all the books I do reading about my, how, how to organize my um, sen- kid with sensory issues and organize his life better and things like that. Do you count the books like you read for the podcast? Like someone sends us a book? Do you count them? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Because reading is reading, right? And I, and, I, and I do use this app called Pocket that I also love. That's the kind of thing you, sa- you save stuff for later. Stories that sound interesting on Facebook or Twitter or somebody sends to you. You, sa- you send them to this app and then you always have a backlog of interesting articles you've been meaning to read when you're... On the subway or in a doctor's office. Pocket. Yeah. I read a bunch of articles. I read a lot of articles. Too many. I read too many articles. That's my problem. And I kind of get into a loop uh, that I would like to get out of. But I did really make an effort to... My problem is... I need to have a book lined up because what happens is I finish a book and I fall right back into the Twitter habit. Right. And so I need to make a list of books for 2018 and work my way through the list. Because if I had something to go to next, I would be better off than I put a book down and I'm like, oh, that was good. Yay. Now I'm back to Twitter for an hour. (laughs) Forever. And then it's like a book has to really come knocking on my door for me to read it. At that is, I, I, I do feel like the, the standard, standards have gotten higher for a book. It has to be completely encompassing and engrossing. To now, be... you start a book, let's say, and you don't like it. What do you do? Oh, I'm okay with not finishing. Oh, me too. Me too. Yeah. Does it go on the list? No, I don't think I get a shiny star for not finishing it, but life is too short to finish a bad book. Yeah, I'm a book stopper. I know a lot of people who don't do that, but there's a couple of books. Have you read that book, Life After Life? Yes, like that kind of a book that you, you can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah, except for that book I read about 100 pages of and then I got distracted and I could oh. not remember. It was so complicated. And so that might be my that might be my book for New Year's. I have a funny story about Room, you know, that that book Room oh, that became the movie. Read that book. Oh, yeah. it's so it's it's kind of not what you think it is. It's very uplifting because okay. it's told from the kid's point of view. The kid doesn't really understand what's Hap- the, 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 what the novel's about is the difference between how the kid perceives things and what are, what's actually happening because he's so just a little boy. I'm by that concept that I, oh, I run from that book. But. It is so well written. And I, and I recommend it to so many people who are like, oh, I can't read it. So, I mean, okay. I, I guess All I right, get I'll it. I'll try that. So, I have two so books. So engrossing. For the new year. Here we but go. But I, I have a funny story about reading Room. So, I'm reading Room, and, you know, I hope not too much of a spoiler alert. It's about a kid who's stuck in a room, and he, you know, then eventually he's going to get out and be on the run. Um, and, I am reading the part uh, where, where he's, he's about to escape and you can't tell if it's going to work or not. And I was, see, I was looking at wedding dresses with my sister-in-law and my other sister-in-law and her mom, you know, this like totally lovely day. But there's this little pocket of time where they, they ask you what kind of dress you want and then they're gone for 15 minutes. Right. So you're I, reading your book. I, well, I totally like sneaked out in the hallway during those pockets of time because <laughs> I had to find out if the little boy was going to make it or not. Like... I'll be right back. And I was going and hiding and, and reading in a couple more pages because I, I had to know. That's a good, that's a great feeling in a book. And I, I find that harder and harder to find, like a book that is that engrossing. It's, 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 it's a high bar. Yeah, it is a high bar. But that is a goal that I have set, that I set for myself last year. And I did okay. Solid. Yeah. And, and, when, and like back on the list, goals, though. It's a goal that you set and then you just slide back. And it's funny, last year I remember so clearly, and I think I talked about this on the episode, 
being on break with my family over Christmas and having this dreaded feeling like we're only eating like pasta while we run to ballet. Like I've lost all of my sense of how to make a dinner and the kids aren't eating their vegetables and they're only eating nuggets and it's a nightmare. And I just realized this morning as I was running around in the craziness of the morning that I was feeling that same feeling again. And it, it's just a result of the fact that it's the end of the year and Christmas and all the craziness and we're in this crazy mode. And what I found is I came back in January and went back to making my menus. I started cooking every night. I went shopping on Sundays and I got it back. And we, that's that's the takeaway for me about our year and goals. You and you and I at least had that in common that that um, we both really like making goals. We like this sort of January opportunity to sort of set set a plan for the year. But I think sometimes for me, goals just make me feel bad about myself. Right. I was happy to have that sort of realization that oh, this goal, it's like weight loss or fitness or anything else you do. I can be. A hundred percent on any eating plan for a month, and then I go out on a Friday night, and it's like, whoa, it's a you know chicken finger mozzarella stick frenzy, and then I tend to feel like, well, I blew that goal, so now I'll just have two pizzas for dinner and go to McDonald's in the morning for breakfast. Like the goal is something that you're always falling away from and returning to. It's not a new lifestyle. Well, when they're that big, like eat better or get fit, it's okay to put that. But it's okay that that's on the list every year. More. I mean, I find that I'm off of it now. I haven't read a book in three weeks. Been really busy. And I think for moms, especially, I find that I tell myself the story sometimes of like, I am too busy to deal with anything else. And this is my time. And I'm going to get under my electric blanket. And I'm going to read Twitter. That's my reward for how hard I work. And that I have to sort of switch the story to, I feel better when I read a novel for an hour before going to bed versus just refreshing Twitter and making myself crazy about the universe. Well, that's just it, right? It's, it's, not, it's not relaxing or renewing. It's, it's, it's very rewarding in a short-term neurotransmitter kind of way. But for it isn't, sure. It and isn't food gonna... is the same way for me. Like I have that feeling sometimes of like, you know what? I took care of five, four other humans all day and it is my gift to myself that I eat this entire pizza while standing up in the kitchen. And you just have to, that's always going to be there and I'm always going to do that. And so I just have to keep resetting and reframing it and returning to the goal versus thinking that the goal is something that is going to magically just change my life. I actually recently met with a nutritionist because I'm feeling that um, I'm not, I could be, I could be more healthy in how I eat, but my ideas of what is healthy are just sort of vague, just sort okay. of not McDonald's, you know? And so mm. I needed, I needed some ideas. So here's, I, don't think I want to hear this. this well, I'm going to, I'm going to start with one that is so easy mm, and okay. I don't do it. Two glasses of water first thing in the morning before you have your coffee. Don't do it. Because no, I'm, and and I'm walking around like a raisin because I you don't you don't drink any water all night, and then I have two or three cups of coffee because that's my vice, and I have complete. 
you're, you're dehydrated for 12 hours and then you drink two or three cups of a diuretic and then you're just completely shriveled up and then you wonder why you feel like tired and creaky. So she's mm. water with lemon in it, with lemon, mm, ladies. I don't like water with lemon. And I went to see her on Monday and I literally haven't gotten to the store yet to buy lemons, but my intentions are so good that this <laughs> year... really matters. But I have been drinking the water. Drink two glasses of water in the morning. Let's all drink more water in 2018 with lemon because lemon is very good for the digestive system and it's going to make our, our eyes look bright and our skin look clearer and we're going to um i don't shiny. know we're gonna have shiny coats we won't have blood that's really viscous and it's we're gonna have shiny coats <laughs> blood. I, I i i'm like a four-year-old like i don't want to be told that you know and it's such a ridiculous response my brother who's only two years older than me had a heart attack and we have heart problems in our family and he said you know you really need to go to the heart doctor and Everybody needs to consult the heart doctor. <laughs> My reaction is like, I don't want to go to that guy. He's going to tell me, you know, to eat healthy. Mm-hmm. That sounds terrible. <laughs> He's going to chip away. No. It's that thing of like, you don't make a budget because you don't want to see that you don't have enough money. <laughs> like, I have that so strongly, that that thing of not wanting to look at things because I'm afraid that they're going to tell me bad news. And that, like, if I stay in my little bubble of ignorance, I can be happier. Well, here's, you could, I feel like it's important when you make a list, lover of list making that I am, I think it's very important to always have something on the list that you can, like, uh, do a load of laundry. I don't know, something that's so easy that you can check it off and feel really good about it. So I'm putting my water drinking thing on there because it's it's just so concrete and specific. Can it I is. lose it's 10 pounds insane. in 2018? No. But can I drink a glass of water every morning before I have my coffee? That, yes. And then yeah. I'm going to get a gold star for that one. So that's like my it. 2018 right, list. You're drinking water in 2018. Let's see how you do. I'll see um, you next January. Let's see. We In 2017, you we, we both sort of said, you specifically, that you were going to organize your kid-free time to be more productive. Like mm, that are, the time I've been better kids. about that. We've been so busy with the podcast. I will say we've been busy. That's one thing that like I feel like last year we had just started the podcast and nothing was really happening with it. And I now it's funny because in 2018, I just wrote down I have kind of the opposite goal because what I didn't really realize at the time is like it's hard to organize your time when you don't have enough to do. Now, my goal for 2018 is to have less to do, (laughs) to organize more free time into my time. Wow. And we had a rough summer and I feel like the kids were a little bit under uh, paid attention to. And in the fall, I kind of responded by, oh, you can do ballet and you can take violin and oh, you'll join ice hockey. We have been in a mode all fall of like running around with our hair on fire all the time. Like that thing of, oh, my God, when are we going to fit in dinner? Because this one needs to go to violin and then ballet and three kids times three activities. If they each do three activities, you've got nine places to be a week. It's we are overscheduled, and my one of my goals for the new year is to resist the thing of like they're offering, you know, Minecraft architecture STEM at school. They would love that, like right? They might love that, but if it doesn't make sense with our family schedule, they're not doing it. I think that's a really, really say good yes go- to less. That's my two thousand and eighteen. Ooh, tweet it say, out, guys. Say yes to less. Say yes to less. So you have a phrase. I have more of a word. So mom 2.0 has this great thing about how you set you set a word for each year instead of a, you know, instead of a list, just have a word and everything has to fit the word. Okay. So yours is say yours is a phrase, but I'm going to I'm going to allow that uh under the yeah. under the tent. All so right. my my 2017 word It's a hashtag. It's a hashtag. So my 2017 hashtag was participate that I was going to participate in 
um, I don't know, my, my, uh, in politics and friendships, I was going to show up for things. I was going to say yes to things. And, and I did that. And so my 2018 word, it's kind of a, you know, related to say yes to less. I want it to be attempt nothing. It's, it's, it's clarify, clarify because I I almost made it clarity, but then I felt like, well, that's a goal that doesn't feel achievable. But there's, there's a lot in my life that's sort of fuzzy. Should I be still doing this? Should Mm. I be, should I be devoting all my time to this board? Should I really finish this book that I've, that's been really hard to finish for the last couple of years? Should I do this? I need clarity around things. And clarity is sort of an ongoing process. It's not a, you're not done. You're not done, right? But but I can sort of seek to clarify for myself. These are the things I want to spend time on, and these are the things I really don't. And things have changed, and that's okay. And that's that's what I'm going to do. So I guess it's, they're kind of similar. We're just using different yeah. words to say the same thing. The thing that's funny with goals is that your life circumstances always change. That a year ago, when we were talking about it, I didn't have that much going on. My kids were littler. We didn't kind of have as many activities. My kindergartner was in preschool. And that's something that took me completely by surprise is that I wasn't calculating that once my half day preschooler went to kindergarten, all of her activities moved to after school. We used to do all of her activities from noon to three. And then I really only had two kids in activities. Now I have three kids in activities. My work stuff has gotten a lot busier. And I'm also teaching, I'm doing a bunch of things. And so I am too busy. I'm just, I do not like that feeling of, and people who are busier than me might look at me and say, you're not that busy, but I am too busy for myself. That's what I feel. Uh, My sister was just sending around this meme on Facebook and I I think it was E.E. Cummings, but I can't remember. I'll try to find it. Someone asks him and it's a response letter and it says, I am sorry I cannot participate in what you've asked me to participate in because I do not want to. (laughs) And I thought that I need to make that my response letter a little bit more in life. Like, oh, I'm sorry I can't do that, but I really don't want to. That's amazing. No, I'm way, I'm way too nice for that. I am too. I am a, I am a a joiner and a yeser and a pleaser. And sometimes that's great because two years ago you said to me, I think we should do a podcast together. And I said, okay, because that's. I mean, because I, I mean, like you and it was a great idea, but but you don't have to say yes to everything. I, and I do, uh, I have a friend who gave me the advice a long time ago that like when you have a choice that you have trouble making, you should always choose action over inaction. And at the time, it was very good advice. Basically, it's like, should I do this or shouldn't I do it? If you're exactly in the middle on the decision, choose to do it. Like just choose action over inaction when you can't decide. Which I, at the time, was kind of good life-changing advice for me. Like, well, try it, see it, you know, participate. But now, it's funny, like, now we've over-participated, both of us, a little bit, and now we're ready to clarify. <laughs> Let's Say clarify. Yes so I have, I have some good advice for that, some updated advice for that same moment. Like, can you, can you join this PTA committee? Can you uh, edit this uh, manuscript for me? <laughs> whatever whatever right, the quest right. is. Can you be the den mother? Um, Brene Brown. Oh, love her. Who just just listen to Brene Brown, everybody, all uh, the time, and read her day. books. And I mean, she's amazing. So she she had she talks about setting boundaries. She actually has a she bought a ring for herself. I don't know if I'm going to do this, but she she has a little something that she actually holds on to. When somebody asks her to do something, she pauses, and to make herself feel more comfortable while she pauses, she actually like spins the ring on her finger a little bit, huh. so she has something to doodle with. Like I have to spin this three times before I can answer. And as she spins the ring, she says to herself choose discomfort over resentment. 
choose discomfort over resentment. Wait, for herself or for the for other? For herself. Like, can you can you be the chair of the um, oh, Christmas yeah, cookie yeah. party for all the teachers this year? Spin the it's ring. Like, it's uncomfortable take a to breath. say no, but I'd rather do that than be like resentful that I said yes to everything. That's right. Oh, ladies, that is such a trap for us, I feel like. And I mean, I have had that fight with my husband. Like, I do everything. And it's a little bit like you choose to do everything. And now you resent everyone. And you have control over that story. That's right. You know, there's that saying about if you want something done, give it to a busy person. So I think <gasps> that... Um, I think that that's true, and so as a as a doobie and a get things doneer, people are going to continue to turn to you because that's right. Doers you do, do it. I say that all the time. It's very hard to get momentum going on stuff and get stuff going. And when you look around and you see the cookie person who does everything already, trying to get the cookie committee going, you think <laughs> I want to help because look you're doing so much and no one's helping you i should be the person to help you you got to watch that instinct right right well you just one of, one of my kids has been pretty sick this fall and i just have had to pare stuff back and it was good because people gave me people gave me an out and that almost never happens right right but, but you kind of had the thing of like I had a my I had an illness in my family over the summer and the same thing like I suddenly stopped doing everything for a month and it is amazing how you realize and I think it's a good exercise my husband was extremely busy at work and you know he's nothing can he's at a small company and he does a ton of the work and nothing can function without him we were in a this was years and years ago we were in a really really serious accident he was 9 days in the ICU and guess what the company did not go out of business and it's just sort of a good reminder that like if you occasionally take yourself out of stuff, you can break that story a little bit of everything falls apart the second I stop spinning the plates. That's so you're, you're so right. And I, and I was sort of the, the, this fall was sort of an opportunity for me to see that. And then everybody's saying, well, I'm not, I'm not going to bother you with this right now. And so all of a sudden it all paired back. And now I'm sort of putting things back in and like, oh, do I really want to put this back in? Or now that mm -hmm. I've now that I've been checked out of this, can I can I gracefully uh, not pick it back up. And it's always a circle because I find, and I mean, and, and I get clarity just from talking about it this way. Like last year, oh, I need to organize my time more, get more done. Like I'm spending too much time kind of clicking Facebook and sitting around and not getting stuff done while I have my tea in the morning to this year. Oh, that went a little too well. Now I'm super busy <laughs> and my husband and I are just passing each other in the hall. Like you take the recorder, I'll take the violin. Let's go do that's our whole relationship. And next year, if I pair back too much, I may find the other side. You know, I mean, it's constantly kind of rolling through these phases of my hair's on fire. I don't have enough to do. My hair's on fire. I don't have enough to do. And, and, and sort of disengaging with, with busy equals worthy. Oh, busy. And this is what surprises me about how, how my fall has been. I feel like that is something that I have advocated for myself for a long time. Like busy is bad. Remember that busy is bad. And I've been annoyed with myself to find how busy we are. And I just don't like the feeling. I, I'm kind of surprised that I did it to myself because I know better. I, I love being busy. And yeah. so I, mean, I feel like it's never going to stop. Did you, see, did you see 
the Joan Rivers. I keep talking about movies this week. The Joan Rivers documentary. documentary yeah. So good. Oh, I know, but that's not that's not my idea. Like, do you remember she had the date book and yes. she was flipping through the date book and she's like, "Look at this. There's nothing on these dates." There's no, she said something she like panicked. there's there's yeah. nothing worse than an empty date book. And I thought I I am so that person. I love yeah. I love looking at a week and seeing I don't have that so many and color I don't bars. Want that. I like to I like to accomplish things. I like to I'm ambitious. I like to do stuff. But I, if I look at my date book and every day is full, it gives me a terrible feeling. I don't like that feeling. I, I, I'm just as happy not to stuff, have stuff on the calendar. I just was in an elevator at school this morning with, a, with a, overheard a mom, somebody saying, oh, what are you, you, know, what are you doing this, this winter break? And she's like, yeah, we're doing nothing because I asked my daughter, do you want to go away somewhere? And she's like, can, we, can I just stay home and sleep and watch television and study for my midterms a little bit? And yeah. And I was like, I'm I guess that's that possible. Girl. Your kid might actually really just want to stay home and sleep until noon every day. Yeah. We're about, we go on break and we, I just said to my husband, you know what I'm doing when we get on break? Nothing. And, you know, part of it, the only thing you have to fight them with the kids is like, it's one hour of screen time a day and you're done. And otherwise you have to entertain yourselves, but they will figure out other things to do. We have, we go with the cousins. So there's always everywhere we go, there's heaps of cousins, there's stuff to do play a game, write a comic book, whatever you're going to do. You know, my, my husband came to me with sort of that request. Like, can we really make this, this break time? Uh, can, we, can we take the work out of it and really try to not work at all? And I, and I did not, uh, you know, instinctively you did itchy. not. I got itchy. Cause I'm like, I've been home with a sick kid a lot this fall. And maybe, maybe yes and maybe no. And I might have, a, I've been trying, I'm working on a um, musical. And I'm like, I might have a new writing deadline. And I might have to, and he's like, okay, all right, sorry. He was he was presenting it. I I think he was trying to present a, a a picture of loving relaxation, and I just I perceived it as another form of stress. Like, can you just try to like put all that stuff aside? And and I was sort of like, no, like this is this is my chance where the kids are home and don't have to go anywhere to finally get to my backlog of stuff. But he was offering me something that sounds like I should need to. Uh, you need to bring consider. your clarity to that situation. Yes. <clears throat> do and I really need to, need to just do? Decide. Do you need really need to do it, or is there stuff that you don't have to do? Like Paloma Picasso, I should look at my calendar and then take one thing off before I leave the house. Yeah, Coco Chanel. <laughs> oh, it's Coco Chanel. <laughs> Sorry, Coco. Get some clarity, Amy. Will you? <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of breaks, I think this is a good time for us to take a break, and we will come back after the break and discuss a whole new realm of mom goals. We'll see you after this. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses, first two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... 
Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code motherhood at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code motherhood for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. What are your goals for the coming year? I don't really do goals. You don't believe in them? No, I, I just have a good year. My goal is to have a good year. What should my goal be for the coming year? Your goal should be what you think your goal should be. That's very Yoda. <laughs> what about getting you up earlier? Is that a good goal for me for 2018? Yep, that's a good goal. All right. What do you think I can do better as a mom in the new year? Maybe you should yell less. When do I yell at you? When I get in trouble. Mm. What do you think that my goals should be for the coming year? I think, like, playing with us and doing, like, sports with us and swimming with us in the pool more. Because um, when we go to the pool a lot, you get in your bathing suit, but you don't really go in the water. It's so true. <laughs> Guilty as charged. What would you like to change about our house in the new year? Let me stay up later. How late would you want to stay up? The whole night. Don't you think you would be tired for school if I let you stay up the whole night? I would not go to school. Because you want me to let you stay up all night long and quit school. Yes. What are you going to do all day? Ice cream. Mm, this is why I don't let you run the family. Do you see that? Yes. What, what about you? What are your goals for the coming year? Um, To read more. That's my goal. It's, seriously, that's one of my goals. What do you think my resolution should be? How 
about you should like work at a cupcake shop? So you think my goal for the new year should be getting a job in a cupcake store? Yes. You know what? I did not have that on my list. Oh. How about you? Do you have any goals for this year? For 2018, I'm going to try not to drink any soda. You did that already in 2017, didn't you? Just for the end. You make me look bad when you're out and I'll have a Coke and you're like, yeah, I'll just have water. And then they bring it to us and they go to give you the Coke, but it's for me. Your brother said maybe I should do some less yelling. You really should. Max said maybe a little less yelling. What do you think of that? Yes. You could ask nicely. I could. I could ask nicely. That's good advice. Instead of yelling, I could just say, could you please stop wrestling your brother and punching him in the face? Of course. Did I do a good job as a mom in 2017? No. I mean, yes. Are you sure? Yes. Good. And, and But you still think I can do a little bit better in 2018? Yes. I'm going to try, okay? I love you. Love you, too. Amy, one of my New Year's goals, I'm simplifying my daughter's wardrobe. Okay. I'm How doing too much laundry, and I'm going to cut it out. And you know who's going to help me? Who? The laundry Primary. fairy. Primary. Oh, not the laundry fairy. I've been looking for her for a long time. I don't think she exists. I think she might be a myth. But I am getting some simple basic pieces from Primary because Primary, do you know about Primary, Amy? I do know about Primary. Primary clothes for, for babies and kids, they're just, they're, they're just plain clothes in Primary colors without any stuff on them. Yes. You know what else they are? They're a two-mom-owned company. We love two mom owned companies. Two mom owned companies. And they have awesome basics at reasonable prices. Let me tell you how this helps me with my laundry conundrum. Okay. The problem with my daughter is because everything has like the alphabet and then a dump truck and then a sparkling fairy and then a slogan for someplace my in laws went 10 years ago. It's very hard to match everything. And so we need to have eight times as many clothes to find anything that can possibly go together. I see what you're saying. Getting rid of some of the crazy. I'm getting some primary basics involved so that we have the very basic leggings and then the crazy shirt on top. Or we have the very basic t-shirt and then the very colorful leggings. So we don't constantly have to go crazy. The simple pieces fit in with the crazy pieces and we have less overall clothing. Right. Less overall stuff. It's happening in the new year. And do you know how I'm going to start? How are you going to start? I'm going to go to bit.ly forward slash primary fresh because what fresh hell listeners and hopefully what fresh hell hosts can get 20% off their first order. Wow. That's pretty good. So bit.ly slash primary fresh. Stop waiting for the laundry fairy and try primary. Take charge. Okay, we're back. We okay. hope we got lots of clarity over the break. We're back. And you, you mentioned something before the break that was sort of a big goal for both of us. And, and we spend literally 50% of our time on this podcast talking about it. Less screen time. Less screen time for our kids and for ourselves. That's a little large of a goal. And it certainly needs to go back on for 2018. But I'm wondering how to sort of um, make that concrete for myself. Uh, we have had a much better year with screens. And it's just a question of setting very, very clear. I mean, it's the same thing as like, I have a fitness goal. And my problem is I just, every, ne no day ever seems like a good day to go to the gym. Every day is like, ah, oh, I would, but I've got to record and I've got to get this thing done. And I teach tonight, so I've got to get my papers in order. Da, da, da. Whereas if you flip the script to, I go to the gym Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then hopefully do something over the weekend, then you have to make things non-negotiable. And that's the thing that changed our life this year with screens. I learned that from a, um, I went to a plan your family life session at what I didn't understand. spend like 86% of your time 
planning, planning things. Planning to plan. Well, this was when I was writing my book. So it was like <laughs> 10 or 11 years ago. And it was it was a sort of like, you know, plan, planning your family time. And I go to it and I didn't realize until I got there, it was at an Orthodox Jewish center in New York City. Anyway, the woman leading the discussion, she had nine children and her youngest child, she was sort of like bouncing on her knee, but totally distractedly while she while she gave this presentation. Like okay. once you have nine kids, the ninth right. baby is just yeah. sort of like a potato. It's Hand just bag. there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and 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 I mean that in a good way. Like she was she she was she was very powerful in giving a whole presentation to us mothers while also caregiving because that's just what women can do. We are all, yeah. you know, we can do ten things at once. But she said that and that and I and I really learned that for the first time. Um, 11 or 12 years ago in that meeting that if you really want something to happen, put it on your calendar because then it has to. And this was a woman with nine kids who managed to get to the gym a couple times a week. Yeah. And, and screen time for us has become the same. So the first thing we did in the new year is no screens in the morning on school days. That's a habit we had kind of fallen into like, oh, you can come down and do screens. Then it became a battle of like getting them no screens in the morning on school days. They can do, my kids do an hour of screens when they get home from school. It's free time, but they almost always choose screens. Yesterday we did sledding instead, so it's not always. But three to four is screen time. Or if they have an after school, then it becomes four to five. And sometimes I cut it short if there's a lot going on. But And then once everything else is done, they have 20 minutes to a half an hour before bed. And so that's still an hour and a half of screens a day during the school week, which is a lot. Right. That's plenty. But it's very, very structured and we don't have questions. There's no questions about whether or not screens are allowed in the morning. Then Saturday mornings, it's a free for all. Saturday mornings, we sleep in, they do screens. And, and I say screens. They can look at stuff on iPads. They can play video games or they can um, watch something, watch a movie. Um, and I have found that structuring that time really, really carefully, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword because I could be like, oh, at three o'clock, we're going to go to the greatest amusement park in the world that someone just built in our backyard. And they would say, but we don't get screens. Like the, the structure has a flip side, which is that if we try to do anything else, they kind of get jangly about it. Like, but that's our screen time. But I have found that the payoff is that we don't discuss screens at all during the day. Either you're in the window or you're out of the window. It's good advice. I used to do this. The, the, it becomes less of an issue as your kids get older and just get busier. But they, yeah. they, we used to have a um, an hourglass. It was you know really an hour, and it was the kind of thing you could turn on its side. And so during the summer, I'd say they could have an hour of screens a day, and they could pause it whenever they wanted to. They could. They only had you know one flip of the of the glass, but they but could they have pause it. sixty minutes now or twenty minutes now and forty minutes later. And they, and and again, this stuff is all. It's hard because you have to sort of monitor it and be on top of it, and it's easier not to. But it did, it did help, and it helped, helped them, help sort of concretize it for them, so they could see, oh, this is this is my choice, and this is what I have left. And we just went for Thanksgiving break, and we, um, I just said to my husband, I think we should not bring any screens, and we didn't, and so we had no screens on the plane, so we had to, you know, entertain ourselves. Only a two-hour flight. Wow, so you didn't even bring them on the plane. Sky rules were, were uh, tables for this flight. Because wow. they would have known we had them. Then it becomes a thing of like, we did not bring anything, screens. I brought my phone and my husband brought my phone. But even, even with the kids doing it, I put my phone, I left my phone upstairs plugged in all day. And 
The screen-free spaces thing I find the most effective. And I got there and my sister was there with her kids and I felt kind of bad. Like, uh, we didn't bring any screens and we're going screen-free. And I felt like I kind of foisted it on my sister where if she had done that to me, I would have been like, I can't believe you're suddenly introducing this dopey concept. But And it turned out because my we were visiting my brother and his wife and their kids are grown, but they still had some sort of like Xbox or something in the basement, like PS something, whatever. So they were able to play that, you know, but I have found for us that being very clear about where screens are and are not in the equation has made life so much easier. So this is that this is my one of my goals for 2018. And for me, it's on the other side of the day, right? For you, it's like no screens at six o'clock in the morning. For my kids, my my teenagers, it's become no screens after X time at night. Yeah. Um, and and we and again, my husband and I have to lead the charge on this. My goal is going to be by 10 p.m. All phones have to be docking in the kitchen until the morning. They go night night on the kitchen counter. We have a you know a place where they go, and there's four phones lined up, and nobody touches them until morning. It's so important and it's it's hard to get them away from them because they do they use their phones to check with their friends what's did, what did you get for number seven and can you send me the social studies mm-hmm. all the time some they even have to go online for some of their assignments they oh, mom i use it for my alarm clock they listen to music like it's it's their it's their baby rattle as you say it's every everything is on it but but you have to sort of you have to make it non-negotiable. Like you didn't even bring the screens with you, so you didn't have to talk about it for the weekend. I have to right. make this a non-negotiable. It, it they takes live downstairs. It out of the debate when you can just say like screens. It's five o'clock. What would we? We don't use screens at this time of day. Like it doesn't become a constant running dialogue. It's like there are screen windows, and if the window's closed, you're done. So it's after ten o'clock, you're done. I've I've talked about this before on the screen episode, but. We had a friend who worked in a secure facility and there was a box outside you had to drop your phone in before you could go in. And I keep joking to my husband, we need to we need to install one of those outside of our bedroom. He and I. So if we would drop our phones at ten o'clock at night, go in, we would read books, we would talk to each other. You know, it it would be a different world as opposed to the two of us sitting in bed next to each other refreshing Twitter. I it's mean it's so, ridiculous. Yeah, it's so bad that the, the- the if light you saw is bad for you. And doing it, you would laugh. If an alien came down, you'd be like, "These two people, there's something terribly wrong with them. They lie next to each other in bed and refresh their phones." Yeah. All, All right. right. More well, I'm screens. Gonna, I'm more putting screen that. Goals I'm putting that on the on my on my um, 2018 goal, and it's concrete. And we're gonna do it. We're gonna we're gonna dock our phones. All four of us in the kitchen, and everybody needs alarm clocks. Fine. Everybody is gonna get alarm clocks. Right. They sell those at CVS. That's so right. There's there's no there's no big deal. Um, I had I had made meditation and mindfulness a goal for 2017, and it kind of worked. I did pretty well. That's something I could probably use a little in 2018. I'm, that I'm always sounds appealing. That meditating, but. It's, it, well, it, you know, the Dalai Lama, I think it is, has a quote that people should meditate for half an hour a day. And then someone says, well, what if, what if you're too busy for that? And he says, well, if you're too busy, you should definitely meditate for one hour a day. <laughs> and it's like, that's, I think of it all the time. That might be a good goal for me, 10 minutes of meditation a day. Um, I, the, I, this Headspace app, I've talked about it before on here. Yes. I really like it. It's useful. You have to pay for it, which, of course, feels like immediately outrageous 
that you have to have to pay for anything on the internet, right? For right? relaxation, yes. Uh, but it's but it's a really good app. And, and once you get into it, once you get past the basics, it makes you do like 20 basic sessions first, but then you can download a pack for stress, a pack for pain, a pack for whatever. He, so I'm, I'm doing the stress one. I'm working my way through the stress pack right now. And he talks about flashing the exercise. Once it's, They're only 10 minutes, some of these. And he's like, but this is available to, available to you. You can spend 15 seconds and, and choose to re-enter this space whenever you want to. So I try to sort of flash the exercise. My, my commute is different from other people, right? Most of my commutes, I'm not driving. I'm in a taxi or a subway or something like that. But I, so I try to spend some of that time. But you could do, you could do it at a red light. Um, just sort of take a deep breath, be in the moment, don't check your phone, f- feel that urge to see who's texted you in the last 90 seconds and resist it and, and uh, be in the moment. And I'm trying to find sort of little teeny ways to do that. And it, re- it really helps. It helps your blood pressure. It helps your happiness. I feel more content and relaxed. And so I'm going to keep doing it in 2018. I teach uh, public speaking. And so I'm always reading different speeches. And I just read this um, David Foster Wallace speech that he gave at a commencement. And um, it's called This is Water. And I will post it on the show notes. But it begins with this joke where these an old fish passes these two young fish and he says, hey boys, how's the water? And they smile and nod and they swim on and about a couple feet later, the two young fish turn to each other and they're like, what the hell is water? (laughs) And the whole speech is about like, if you, you have to know your surroundings to be able to control them. Like you have to be inside your head with an understanding of your surroundings in order to have consciousness and be able to function. And he gives this, then it's a long story about going to a supermarket and all the things you perceive in the supermarket and what that story could really be if you flip it. And it just, it's really gotten under my skin. And I think that meditation is an important aspect of being able to do that, to be able to just, it's that flash moment is to just be like, the, the speech ends after he paints all these different pictures of things. And he just says, just so that you go through every day thinking this is water, this is water. And it's like getting to that space where you're, you're just present and able to understand your environment in a way that doesn't drive you crazy. That isn't, that's a thing that I see in myself a lot. That thing of always telling myself the story of, this is so hard for me. Nobody understands my plight. I am the only one who does anything. I am full of resentment because the cookie committee doesn't appreciate me, even though I shouldn't have joined it in the first place. Like I do think that mindfulness, although as like a repressed Irish Catholic, the whole mindfulness thing gives me a little bit of an itch. Like I do think there is a tremendous amount of value in it. And it's something I don't really do. But I guess you hit on something that, that, that I'm still trying to figure out that it's not the meditation is not about blocking out your surroundings, right? It's about, Mm -hmm. It's it's always part of it. Like okay, you're listening to sounds. You hear something. It distracts you. It's okay. You you let it distract you, and then you come back. And you're right. It's not about saying I'm not in water right now. I am not in water right now. That's I'm right. on a desert like island. The blinders. And I think especially when you have kids, and you're doing a lot for other people, there is a temptation to be like, I wake up, the blinders go on, and I just freight train through the day, and trying to get out of that mode. And I always laugh when I read those articles that are like, I never yell at my children because I respect them as human beings. And I always just wonder, what load are they carrying? And what do they bring? What's the pain that they bring? And I'm just like, (laughs) oh, lady, shut up, you know. But there is something to that exercise that can be useful. When you find yourself 
and I don't I don't know if I had it as a specific goal for last year, but I think maybe I did. Like the less yelling thing, this is all of a piece. Yes, I do have it on your two, 2017 less goals. Yelling. Less yelling, and here we and are again. Like it's another. It's it's eating. It's exercising. It's being mindful. It's using screens less. I did less yelling this year, but I also did a ton of yelling. It's both. But I do find that mindfulness and that recentering my story. My husband just had the morning. He was taking the kids to school. And by the end, he was like, don't say another word. Just put your backpacks on. And I, I just said, honey, do you want me to take them? Like, I could just see in his eyes. He was like, the eyes were starting to spin. And he just was so crazed. And you're always going to get back to that point because kids are so frustrating and annoying and crazy. But it's like the this is water thing is this is this is school drop off. This is we know why this is so crazy. So if you can, you're not going to do it every single morning. And believe me, if my husband was like a Zen dude who every morning was like, I'm just finding the joy in not knowing where their shoes are and not knowing where the trumpet is, even though it's banned every single Friday, like that would be insane. But there is value in resetting that as often as you can. That was one of my goals for 2017 was to make mornings less stressful. And I think I did okay. This morning, we, we I overslept an hour because this is something else I need to, to fix for 2018 is to stop making me the wake-up arbiter for the entire family, right? Like, that's yes. silly. I have a 15-year-old. Right. He, is, he can have an alarm morning. clock yeah. and set it. Um, I wake everybody up every morning. And, and, and also, I should untangle myself from the responsibility of I'm going to wake you up, then I'm going to come back in. My, a couple right. of my children require repeated visits to get out of bed. <laughs> and and we need to, I need to fix that story, right? It's not it, 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 You can set the alarm for when you think you need to get, get up, and I'll see you at breakfast. Now, that's not really going to happen. But we managed to – I overslept by an hour today, but we, I managed to get them to school – 10 minutes late and without yelling at anybody. So I'm going to I'm going to give myself a big win for that and it was also a realization that wow, we can do this in 20 minutes instead of 60 when we want to and I need to revisit like I said the idea that the routine that they get three or four visits in the morning to shake them and come on now you really have to sit up. Come on now I need you to put right, your feet on right, the floor. Right. You've trained them. That's just part of our routine and it it doesn't have to be. I remember you said your dog trainer said you say sit once to the dog and if they don't you, you make them sit because if you say sit six times you train them to like oh it's i have to sit on the sixth time right and i mean that's listen, right all this stuff is stuff everybody does my my i spent a couple of days this week really getting the house organized i just was walking through the house and it looks like a bomb went off like it's so bad again but every time they eat dinner it looks like a bomb went off still my kids like Last night we had biscuits for dinner and it was like I had put biscuits in a paper shredder and then just <laughs> thrown the refuse container of the paper shredder all over the kitchen. Like biscuits. the hard thing to think about a goal is a goal seems sort of finite. Like you're going to achieve this goal and it's going to be done. And in fact, life is always like it's time to pick up again. <laughs> Every day it's time to pick up again. And so maybe remove the... Like I'm realizing, okay, these goals are ongoing. It's okay that these are goals that I reset in some version every year. And if I remove the part of myself that I spend sort of feeling bad and berating myself for still yelling at my kids sometimes in the morning, yeah, just to take that part out of it and and sort of rise above it and see if you can make make a 
uh, long-term progress. We talk a lot about it. We talked about it with picky eating, screens, a lot of different topics. Like, I think the thing about a goal is to just know what is important to your life. Like, I, it is extremely, and kind of ranking those things in your mind. And this is something my husband and I try to do at the new year. We actually try to sit down and say, like, okay, this year... You know, we've started this podcast and I want to try to make something happen with it. So that is going to be very top on my personal goals. Also, I find that the most important part of my day as a family is family dinner. I want that to be a really important goal. That brings in like, no one's allowed to complain at the table. We're going to have a nice time. Our dinner is not going to be me shrieking at people, eat your peas. Like, so we need to bring food goals into that. But kind of knowing and then having a clean and orderly house I find keeps everyone a little bit more order. They play longer if the player every all. Oh, so that's a goal. But you're just constantly resetting towards those things. It's not that suddenly I'm going to wake up tomorrow and be Martha Stewart, like skipping around with my feather duster in my Donna Reed dress in my perfectly clean house. Yeah. You're right. And some things like my, you said 10 minutes late, my, my kids went to school late this morning and I thought, God, my kids are the kids. Like the poor people at school probably open them, open the doors of the car, and are like, "Oh, here come the Abel's kids." We and that's okay. I mean, they're they're not late enough that we're inconveniencing other people. They're just always the last kind of kids to arrive in the window of acceptability. And I thought, yeah, that's okay with me. And I had a friend who told me the other day, and she's one of these people who's super organized. And like, you go to the birthday party, and it's like eight tiered matching cupcakes in different colors, and she makes cookies with like etchings on them. I mean, she's that kind of organized, but she's a bit of a whirling dervish in terms of lateness. And she said, her son said to her, she's Southern. She said, her son said to her, well, mom, I just, I don't like being the last one here. And she was like, well, honey, well, I guess you picked the wrong mama then. (laughs) And I just like, I think it's also great to say like, that's not a goal. It's not a goal for me to add more stress in the morning and get there 10 minutes earlier. What you just said about the widening the window of acceptability. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, make that one of my goals for 2018 because I I, I, I hate that my kids too. are late. I feel like my kids were late this morning and I'm like, we can't be late, we can't be late. And then they were late we and wow, late. I'm still here. They're still there yeah. and I'm still here. And like we have a crazy, always Thursdays are crazy for us. And last night I just made them pasta and like threw it down and I thought, you know, I cut up carrots. I'm like, I could make a salad. I'm like, eh, Thursdays might just not be our good eating day. And you know, new food Wednesdays, a lot, new food Wednesdays, Thursdays. I, I got, I started teaching on Wednesdays this week. Uh Oh, and so I can't make new food, new food. On yeah. New food, different days. So then I made it new food Tuesdays. And again, we haven't had new food in two months. It just fell away. I'm too busy with other things to be worrying about what new food we're going to have, but it'll but, come back in January. We'll be right back to new food Wednesdays in January. I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah. All right. Let's, so let's, let's review. All right. So 2018, you said say yes to less, and I say clarify, which is kind of the same thing, different ways. We're yeah. going gonna to decide what matters. We're going to decide if new food Wednesdays really matter or, or it doesn't, right? And what right. we can prioritize and, and sort of refocus on the things that matter most. I'm going to drink yep. water before I have coffee. Okay. Um, I'm going to keep meditating. I I'm am going to try to get those phones out of the bedroom once again. Oh, oh yeah. I'm going to dock my, that's the most important one. Dock the phones dock in the kitchen phone. at 10 a.m. And I'm going to do the Brene Brown thing of pausing before answering and choosing yes. discomfort E-E over Cummings. resentment. I'm sorry I can't do that, but I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be my sentence of the year. I got, I, I can already, that's, that's the hardest one for me. I could list three things right now that I'm doing that I don't want to be doing. 
Right. But it's hard because then when I do them, I enjoy them and I get something out of them. I never regret having done them. Right, right. You more regret their, them being there on your calendar, right? And then you go and it's, it's kind of fun to be I in the cookie committee and to do them, you, you but laugh I while you do it. Having done them. But still, I have to do that. I have to do that. I can't give myself an out. I have to know, thank you, I don't want to. More okay. of that. All right, that's good. And, and just a constant realization that goals are, not, goals are not an end. And goals aren't there to make you feel bad about yourself when you look back. They're there to, uh, they're just a check-in. Yeah, I mean, I think in general, one of the things that I've learned having kids now for almost 10 years is that the only thing I look back and think is I wish I'd worried less about that. Things do kind of change and things get better and things get worse, but there's nothing that I spent a lot of time worrying about that was worth spending a lot of time worrying about. Okay, so don't, con- don't confuse being busy with being worthy and don't confuse worrying with being productive. Worrying about yes. something is not actually pr- productive at all. Yeah, and then the realization that you found this morning, my husband found in the accident, is if this didn't happen, it wouldn't matter that much. Hmm. I think that's good. I think we I used think to we watch figured football this out. together with my dad and he would be like, we would be crazy. You know, we were huge Giants fans and like whatever. And he would just th- say at some point, just think they're all those people in Europe don't care about this at all right now. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, just keep that perspective a little bit that like there's a ton of people. There's this, what are the actual consequences of this thing? Whether or not you join the cookie committee. It's OK. <laughs> that what is cookie committee thing? I know somehow that is stuck in our craw. I mean, it's, it's imaginary, small. but it's really we, we no, really are not going to join the cookie committee this year. Definitely. When I get those Facebook messages that are like, I send you wine and I'm like, oh, no, that's not happening. Yeah. I'm no. not getting into sending anybody wine. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have enough I'm already. I'm sorry I can't participate, but I don't want to. All right. So we want to hear what your goals are for 2018. Are they the same yeah. as ours? Are they different? And there's a couple of ways you can tell us. We love to hear from people on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash whatfreshhellcast. Or on Instagram, which is the same. The same thing. whatfreshhellcast. And our website is whatfreshhellpodcast.com. And today's episode, I'm going to put a link to the Brene Brown thing and the David Foster Wallace speech. And uh, oh, read that David Foster Wallace. Speech. Oh, and tell I us, just, I love it. Tell us what books we should be reading in 2018. I'm going to put oh, that up that's on Facebook. Thing. We'll put that up on Facebook. We'll get a book list going because I need at least 30 because I'm going to meet my new goal. Okay. <laughs> uh, and don't forget Twitter, Amy. Twitter, Twitter at, at WFH Podcast. <laughs> yes. Oh, Amy doesn't think I know what I do. At Cookie Committee. Uh, no. <laughs> do not. And the biggest goal you should have is do not join the cookie. Whatever that mysterious cookie committee is, you don't want any part of it. And drink more water. And drink more water. And guys, have a great start to 2018. We'll talk to you next time. We'll talk to you next time. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests, too. 
It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.